96.7 FM WTOB, and you're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, helping you to retire that job but keep the paycheck. And of course, with me this morning is Bryce Payne, running the board very capable and ably. Good morning, Bryce. Good morning, Doug. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm glad you're running the board and not me. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, nobody's going to be running any boards in uh, in uh, Colorado for the uh, Avalanche anymore, unfortunately, this season. The Avs are out of it, but... Uh, uh, the, uh, the hurricanes are hurricanes still in are it. Still in it, yeah. Um, get my fingers crossed for them then, and um, yeah, and actually the uh, not that I watch basketball, professional basketball anyway, but uh, the uh, Nuggets are still in it as well. So I'm, you know, I, I haven't watched pro ball right. in so many years. I don't know. I There's just got only so many hours I can watch sports. Yeah, so basketball does not take the uh, the top tier there. Well, we are going to be dipping into our uh, mailbag this week, Doug, and uh, want to go ahead and uh, start taking questions from our uh, our listeners there as we do about once a month. And we're going to do that for both segments here. Before we do get started on that, of course, as we do every week, I want to go ahead uh, along with you and do a uh, shout out to our men and women yeah. in uniform, do the Wealth Guardian Service salute there. So if you ever do put on one of those uniforms and are a first responder, we want to thank you. We want to thank your family for the sacrifices that you make and the hard work you put into it to keep America great like it should be. And, uh, you know, before we get into these questions here, Doug, I do want to take just a moment. I never do this, but, um, you know, I grew, I'm a music lover, as you know. Mm, yeah. And I think back, so how did I get, how did I get so much into music? And I remember that uh, my mom was, my father had passed from the military when I was very young. So my grandparents paid, played a role in uh, raising me. And my mom, being going to law school, would drop me off at their place sometimes, or I would go to their house after school until mom was, was free to pick me up. And you're at your grandparents' house. Of course, it's not always a uh, the funnest place to be. There's not always a, a, a lot of activity to do. So I would find myself sitting in the corner of the living room with their 8-track machine <laughs> and plopping in whatever 8-tracks they had and just listening to them. And uh, one of the artists that I grew up on uh, was Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah. And in fact, uh, I got a paper route when I was in the fourth grade in Lincoln, Nebraska, and saved up my money. And one of the first things that I bought was a concert ticket for Johnny Cash in Lincoln. <laughs> and there was another artist that I did that same thing for, and he passed away this week. Oh, I bet I know it is. Who is it? Gordon Lightfoot. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, when Johnny passed uh, a number of years ago, it was heartbreaking to me. And um, when Gordon passed away this week, uh, that was also heartbreaking for me. So, um, I mean, songs like The Wreck of the Mid- Edmund Fitzgerald yeah. and uh, Early Morning Rain, I've got every album that he ever recorded, and he's always, always in my um, in my playlist, just uh, on on loop there. So, uh, Gordon, uh, thank you for all the memories that you uh, and the music that you put out there over the years. You were an inspiration to endless people, including I don't know if you knew this. He was the main inspiration for Jimmy Buffett. So, really, yep. That's according to Jimmy Buffett. He did was, not know If you that. listen to Jimmy's early, early music. Uh, you can definitely hear the Gordon Lightfoot influence there. So, okay. Anyway, so I just wanted to take a moment and do that. Thank you, Doug, for letting me do that. And let's go ahead now and dip into our mailbag. As like I say, we do this about once a month. Uh, Our listeners uh, write us and um, have questions for us that we don't often cover here. So we want to get to some of these. And the first one comes from Zoe. And Zoe, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Z-O-E is either Zoe or Zoe. And she's in Summerfield and she says, uh, Wealth Guardians. With the increasing awareness of environmental, social, and governance, ESG, 
factors. How can I incorporate these considerations into my investment strategy and what impact could they have on my returns? Well, Zoe, thank you for that question. And uh, if you don't know what ESG is out there, then there are certain radio personalities that you never listen to because there are some out there who talk about this factor all of the time. And it is, Doug, probably one of the more common questions that we get from either our clients or from people who are sitting down with us about this ESG. Mm -hmm. So Zoe's question is, how can I incorporate these ESG, the environmental, social, and governance factors into improving or helping my investment strategy and what impact could they have on my returns? Bryce, does that sound to you like a question where she is trying to use ESG scores to purchase investments or she's trying to avoid ESG scores? Well, that's a good question, Doug. I read it is that she was wanting to know how to incorporate them, so use them. Yeah. That's, that's how I read it. But I would say majority of the people that uh, talk to us are actually taking the other approach. What what can I do to minimize my impact on ESG or ESG's impact on my portfolio? They, they don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah, and, and actually I may be one of those because I, if you look at ESG in of itself and what it's trying to do, it's not that bad. But my concern about ESG scores is how it could be manipulated to be bad okay. for people. You know. In this nation, we're supposed to be free, and we're supposed to be able to do what we want to do. Right. But what happens if, say, a bank uses an ESG score on you in the future and denies you a loan because of that? Okay. You know, that's my big concern. Okay. But not something that's happening yet. No, and I'm not saying it's going to. Right. But it could. That slippery slope. Thing. It is a slippery slope. Right. Right. Well, I guess I would ask Zoe. Here's the question as a fiduciary, what we would have to ask you. Taking a look at your investments, what is it that you are trying to accomplish by investing in something in the first place? For most people, it is to have a significant return on your money or a sensible return on your money based on the risk that you would have to take. Right. Um, and so if that is your, if, if you've got a timeline that, well, I'm planning on using this money 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. Should I be weighing ESG factors? Well, as fiduciaries, we would say, and I, I think I'm speaking for you as well, Doug, that there are probably other ways out there, other factors that you would consider on whether or not this stock is the right choice for your investment portfolio at this time. Mm -hmm. And we would not be considering ESG factors at this stage of the game. No, we don't. Yeah. Okay. We, we don't. The uh, tactically managed programs that we're in do not either, but... Um, I know it's a hard question to answer for you, Zoe, but at this stage, I would say I wouldn't factor it in too much at all. You know, I'll just draw back on my experience. And I can remember back in the late 80s and early 90s, there was this uh, fad to try to invest in socially responsible companies, right. which completely avoided out what we call the sin stocks, tobacco, alcohol, right. that kind of thing. Right. Well, when you took those out of the equation, you had terrible underperformance by socially right. responsible mutual funds. Right. And that's, I think that would be the same thing that was going on today. Yeah. 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 Well, Zoe, thank you for your question. Um, I would say, let's take a moment here and take a look at your timeline. Take a look at your risk tolerance. If you don't know how to factor those and weigh those, sit down with a financial professional. Doug Garrett and myself are available basically five days a week here at the Wealth Guardians. You have to set an appointment, but you can give us a call at 336-391- 3409. And we can help you factor in all the things 
uh, and take a look at what what type of risk you should be taking in your investments and uh, what your time horizon is, what type of risk you should be taking, what kind of growth you should be expecting from your investments, that kind of thing. Um, And I, I can pretty much assure you the ESG factors would not be coming up in our conversation with you about that. All right. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to uh, Doug and Bryce at the Wealth Guardians. And this uh, morning, we are dipping into our listener mailbag. And that was our first question from Zoe. We're going to move on now to Derek in advance. And Derek says, Doug and Bryce, with the current inflationary pressures in the economy, what steps can I take to protect my savings and investments from losing value? Mm. Now, this is a question for a retirement specialist, which is what we are. So, Derek, thank you for the question. Doug, what steps could Derek be taking to protect his savings and investments from losing value? Yeah, good question, Derek. You know, inflationary environments always favor hard assets. Now, what do I mean by hard assets? Real estate, gold, silver, those kinds of things. If you own a home, you have already seen a nice appreciation over the last couple of years. Indeed. So that's typically somebody's biggest investment. So that in and of itself, even though you can't actually monetize that appreciation unless you go out and take a loan or sell your house, that has helped your overall net worth mm-hmm. withstand some of this inflationary pressure. Now, gold and silver hasn't really responded yet, although gold's been inching up lately, and I think it could be on the verge of breaking out. Now, depending on how bad this inflation gets, if it drives us into a recession, which uh, we, we're kind of on the cusp of it, uh, one of the things to look for in a recessionary environment is actually, we just mentioned it a few minutes ago, the sin stocks, yes. tobacco, right. uh, alcohol, right. that kind of thing. That works really well in a recession. It does indeed. Yep. And so speaking of that, um, Derek is interested in what steps he can take to protect himself in a high inflationary market. Well, high inflationary markets often go side by side by turbulent markets. And Doug, you and I and Garrett have a seminar coming up here on the uh, 16th and the 18th of this month. And it's we did this last year and we're doing it again this year, retirement success in turbulent times, because people who are retiring often want to shield their nest egg that they've spent years building up. They want to shield that from lows when the market goes down. And so that's what we talk about, the different strategies that you could use to protect your asset as you enter into retirement and you leave the wealth accumulation phase of life for the wealth distribution phase of life. And uh, there is no cost or obligation to attend our seminars, but you do have to register. And again, that's two dates coming up on Tuesday, May 16th and Thursday, May 18th at 6.30 p.m. at our office in Clemens. The best way to register is two ways, is to give us a call at 336-391-3409. And the other way to uh, register is to go to our website, thewealthguardians.com, and click on the events tab. 336-391-3409. You do have to register, but no cost or no obligation. All right, so we do have to go into a break here, and then we're going to get back to uh, Toby. Your question is coming up next, along with Donna's in the second segment here. Now, before we go into break, as we always do, I have got a trivia question for Doug. And Doug, are you ready? Let's try it again. Let's try it again. It's time for the Wealth Guardian's Trivia Question of the Week. On May 3rd, 1978, rewind your clock for that one, May 3rd, 1978. I was in college. A rep from the Digital Equipment Corporation made history by sending out the first of this. 
Now, 45 years later, we all have to deal with dozens, if not hundreds of this every day. What did this rep invent that should have him hung for global treason? Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) That is our trivia question for the week. Stick around for the answer to that trivia question on the other side of this short break. This is Bryce Payne. With me is Doug Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB. 96.7 FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm Bryce Payne along with Doug Ray. And in the second segment, we're continuing uh, our listener mailbag here and dipping into that and seeing what questions our loyal listeners have for us this month. Uh, Before we get to the trivia question, I've got two questions for you. A, are you looking forward to your retirement? Two, do you want to make sure you're making the best financial decisions for your retirement? Well, if you answered yes to A or two, then I've got great news for you. We here at The Wealth Guardians offer a no-cost, no-obligation, second-opinion-slash-review of your retirement plan, including a deep, deep analysis of your assets, your investment portfolio, insurance policies, income needs, risk tolerance, risk exposure, tax mitigation strategies, legacy goals, and even the fees that you are currently paying. Our goal is not complicated. It's quite simple. We want to help you lower your fees and align your risk and improve your overall retirement picture so you can indeed retire the job and keep the paycheck. But the ball is not in our court. It's in yours. You have to give us a call. And our phone number is 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. I'd ask you to give us a call or visit us at thewealthguardians.com so you can set up your financial plan review with Doug Garrett and myself today. Why? Because the markets aren't going to wait for you. Okay, let's go ahead and get to that trivia question. Now, I think we might have Doug on the ropes this week. Doug, you ready? Yeah, let's go for it. On May 3rd, 1978, a rep from the Digital Equipment Corporation made history by sending out the first of this. Now, 45 years later, we all have to deal with dozens, if not hundreds of this every day. What did this rep basically invent that should have him, in my opinion, hung for global treason? All right, this is 78. Uh, I don't think email was around then. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Is if there's a hint in that question, I I'm not following. I'll, I'll give I'll, I'll give you a hint. You are on the right track. Okay, digital equipment company. I'm gonna guess robocalls. You're you're very very close. But go back to your original thought. Uh, Email was around at that time. It was. It was. Now it wasn't commonly used, but it was around in 1978. Okay, so interesting. So what would that have been? Spam? We gave Doug a second chance there, and he got it. So uh, this rep invented by sending out 600 of these in bulk to potential buyers. Do you know how much this rep made from that first bulk spam mail? You're kidding me. $12 million. He was selling computers. So naturally, everybody else said, oh, well, if he made $12 million overnight by selling what he sold, we're going to go ahead and do this well, too. Yeah. And now I have more friends and relatives in uh, who are uh, royalty in Nigeria than I could have ever <laughs> wanted because I have so much spam email. So uh, 
Doug, you you got it. Yes, I was a little surprised too to think that it would have been back in 1978. I would have uh, thought no. maybe like 1985 or something like that. But no, 1978 is when that happened. All right. Well, uh, good job on that. We did have to give you a little bit of a, of a second uh, life there, but you got it. We're going to keep uh, going into our listener mailbag now into the second segment. And on our first one, we were talking to, we took questions from Zoe and Derek. Now we're going to go to uh, Toby and High Point. And Toby says, Doug and Bryce. I'm retiring in about five years, and I'm currently maxing out my 401k, but I'm not adding any other savings. Should I be saving anywhere else, even if that means putting less in my 401k? Well, Toby, here's a situation where you have left a lot of the pieces of the puzzle out. Um, I don't mind somebody bringing in a whole big jar of puzzle pieces because we can put them together for them, but we got to know what the puzzle pieces are. So I don't know what you have other than this 401k. But having said that, I'll just give you some generics. If you haven't started a Roth, start a Roth. And you didn't tell us, does your 401k have a Roth in it? So maybe you want to put money there. Having said that, now I don't know what else you have, but we mentioned in the first segment, put some money in gold and silver. That's a common question we're asked all the time. I'm not opposed to you putting money in gold and silver. I wouldn't go crazy with it, but have some gold and silver in your possession, in your safe in the house. That's the way I do it. So I, I would add this, Toby. Um, your question was basically, um, should I be putting adding any other savings anywhere else? Well, the answer would be, what are your other options? If you're not spending all the money that you're earning on a week or week by week, month by month basis, what are you doing with that money if you're not investing it somewhere? If you're just putting it in the bank, well, the return that you're getting on FDIC right now is not keeping up with inflation. So yes, it should be invested somewhere. Now, I don't want to get that confused with the registration of the account, whether it's an IRA, a 401k, or a Roth, or a brokerage account. But yes, you should be investing it. And a financial planner would ask you a number of more questions, as Doug said, trying to uncover those puzzle pieces to give you some advice on what those investments should be. Is it precious metals? Is it real estate? Is it stocks? Is it bonds? Is it something else out there? There's a lot of different options out there. And that's going to just depend on your time horizon and your risk tolerance and how much growth you're, you're expecting from it. So yeah, if you've got extra money out there, it just sitting in the bank right now is not the best option for you. You could be dollar cost averaging while the markets are down like this and, and, and putting yourself in a good position when the markets do come around and come back up to uh, have some kind of catapult-like uh, um, returns off of your investment. So thank you for the question, Toby. And we're going to move on next to uh, Donna in King. Doug? And Donna's got a REIT question. She okay. says, Doug, and she must have known that this is your specialty. She says, Doug, doesn't say Bryce or Garrett. I have a REIT that I purchased several years ago, and it's done nothing but lose money. I'm told that I can't cash it out. That means it's a private REIT. But I got a letter from a company offering to buy it from me. Is this worth exploring? All right. Well, Donna, you would uh, fit right along with uh, probably a handful of clients that we have here at the Wealth Guardians who are facing the same situation. So for our listeners, a REIT stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. And think of this thing as like a mutual fund of real estate. It could be commercial properties, medical properties, shopping centers, homes, neighborhoods, anything. And there are public ones and there are private ones. And I was about to say, there's two types. There are publicly traded, like on the New York Stock Exchange, and there are private ones, which are, we call them uh, unlisted REITs. And it sounds like she has an unlisted REIT. I have never been a proponent of unlisted REITs because you're typically locked in for an unknown amount of time. 
And yes, every once in a while, you do get a liquidation letter that says, hey, I would offer you probably 30% less than what the REIT's actually worth if you're ready to bail out. So yes, you should explore it, no question about it. Well, we've got, a, I guess, probably a handful of clients right now that that we have uh, inherited their unlisted REIT. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of them I can think of right now, we've been waiting for years, years. Yep. for this thing to have a, a liquidity event. And of course, it, it hasn't. So yes. So. And there are other, there's another client that we've got who has a liquidity event basically once a year. And the price that he's being offered for it is so oh, so, so, under, so undervalued that he, as much as he wants out of it, he can't bring himself to sell it at that point because he's not getting what it's worth. Yeah, absolutely. So explore it, but I wish you luck. Okay, very good. Uh, Donna and King, thank you very much for that question. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Wealth Guardians, and we are taking questions from our listener mailbag, as we do about once a month. And we're going to move on to the next one now, which is coming from Doug. Not Doug here in the studio, but Doug who listens to Doug in the studio from his (laughs) home in Burlington. And Doug in Burlington says, Doug and Bryce, someone told me that I should start doing some Roth conversions with money in my IRA but I've always been told that I make too much money to do Roth, so I'm confused. How does this work? Well, since he asked you, Bryce, why don't you tackle this question? Okay, very good. So, uh, yeah, so Doug in Burlington, thank you for the question. Someone who told you to start doing some Roth conversions is uh, thinking along the lines that we here uh, at the Wealth Guardians do as well, but I think what, uh, let let me explain what a Roth conversion is. Most of the time, a majority of investors have saved a majority of their assets in what are called qualified accounts. That would be 401ks that eventually roll over to IRAs. That is all pre-tax money that you've never paid tax on. And when you take the distributions from those IRAs, you have to pay a tax on 100% of what you take out. So if you take out $1,000, you've got to pay tax on that $1,000. A Roth works the opposite way. A Roth is after-tax money that grows tax-free, not just tax-deferred, but tax-free, as long as you wait until 59 and a half. Well, there are periods in your life where you will probably be in a lower tax bracket, particularly right after you retire if you haven't filed for Social Security yet. So doing an IRA to a Roth conversion, you are that's a taxable event in the year that you do it. But if you're in, say, the 12% tax bracket and you do an IRA to Roth conversion, you're paying 12% taxes on that. But now you've cleaned off the taxes from that. And once it goes into a Roth, you never have to worry about taxes again, even if the government raises the tax brackets to where you'd be in the 25 or, or higher tax bracket. So a lot of people think that it is a sensible, even though you're making a little bit of a sacrifice in the year that you do it, it's a sensible thing to do for your overall financial plan looking years down the road. What you are thinking about is a Roth contribution where there is a limit based on how much you earn. There are no restrictions or regulations or limits as far as how much you convert. That is different than a contribution. So that's where you're getting confused, Doug. You can convert 100% of what you've got in an IRA at any point that you want to, though we would caution you that is not always the best strategy to do it all in one year, depending on how much you have. But another key aspect that we want to consider is a Roth has to be open for five years before you can touch the growth of that. And so you want to do that earlier than later. And if you make too much to contribute to a Roth, then converting some of your monies to a Roth would be a smart way to get that Roth open and starting to cure for that five-year period. Doug, did I leave anything out for Doug? Thank you, got it all. Okay, very good. Uh, you know, speaking of Roth conversions, that is one of the things that we here at the Wealth Guardians um, advocate for our clients. And we've got a seminar going on uh, in the coming days and um 
That is on Tuesday, May 16th and Thursday, May 18th, Retirement Success in Turbulent Times. And that is one of the strategies that we talk about in that seminar, amongst many others. And if you are in retirement or approaching retirement and you have never sat down with a fiduciary financial planner and you want to go ahead and uh, just listen to what one would have to say with no cost or no obligation, then this would be the time for you to do that. Tuesday, May 16th, Thursday, May 18th at our office in Clemens at the old library there. Uh, you don't have to pay for it, but you do have to register. And the best way to register is by giving us a call at 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. You can also go to our website, thewealthguardians.com, and click on the events tab. And right there, you could be registered to learn all or almost all that you need to know about retirement planning from fiduciaries who are retirement specialists. Doug, that is uh, going to uh, wrap it up for us this week. Absolutely. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. We hope the rest of your weekend is everything you want it to be. This is Bryce Payne along with Doug Gray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB.